You can just remain standing. <laughs> Not for the whole sermon, but just for the scripture reading. <laughs> You've chosen a one-liner this morning from Paul's letter to the Philippians, 4th chapter, verse 13. Paul writes, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, as we've been working through your favorite Bible passages the last couple of weeks, when we were in 1 Corinthians 13, then in John chapter 13 and 14, we were dealing with the high challenge that Christ gives us in terms of being people who embody agape love, the importance of loving one another within the body, and what that means for us as Christians has been before us. But this morning, this passage is a little different than that. It's much more focused on assurance. It gives us a sense of assurance, of help available to us from God through Christ. We need both in a complete Christian life, challenge and assurance. I served here at Boston Avenue as an associate pastor from 1987 until October 1st, the year of 2000. The bishop moved me from here to First United Methodist Church in Enid to be the senior pastor there. As soon as I arrived, I began to hear about this young lady of remarkable faith in that congregation. She had been diagnosed with leukemia about the age of six. She had been battling it for some three years by the time I got there. But she was in remission at that point. When I met her, we talked for just a few moments. And then she said, you know what my favorite Bible passage is? And I said, well, no. And she quoted this passage. She said out loud to me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. She had a remarkable faith for anybody, but particularly for one so young. She was a more contemporary example of what Paul talks about in verse 11, just before where we began to read, where he says, I have learned to be content. I've learned to be content in all circumstances, Paul says. This girl of about 10 years old when I met her, had not only had this diagnosis, but she had spent a good part of that three years in the hospital where days turned into weeks and sometimes into as much as a month. She had endured several different kinds of therapy. And then finally, one day, the doctors came to her and her family and said, we're losing this battle. We need to amputate one of her legs to stop the advance of this disease. So when I met her, she had lost that leg. But she was still spry and energetic, full of zest for life. She had not allowed this horrible disease to rob her of her zest for living or her faith in Christ. It was remarkable to see the way that she lived this out. Now, Paul is in a very different circumstance. He is writing back to his Christian co-workers at Philippi, where he's established a church. They have sent him a gift, and he's writing this letter as a thank you to them for sending the gift. He says a lot of other things before he gets to the thank you. In chapter 4, in verse 10, 
he begins to speak of that. He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. He's been in a time of hardship and difficulty and suffering, a time of imprisonment. We think he wrote this letter from prison to these Christians at Philippi. But listen to what he says in these verses just where we read, beginning in verse 10. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through Him, through Christ who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. So he's been struggling. He's received this gift. Now a member of that church has come to him, brought him the gift. He is thankful. It's good that his friends have been generous and have sent this to him to support him. But Paul is saying the greater gift is Christ. The greater gift is Christ. In all seasons, good or bad, you can count on Christ, and Christ is a blessing. In times of plenty, oh, how wonderful. But in times of want, Paul says, still, Christ is a wonderful gift. When things are going really well, or if they're not going well at all, Christ is the gift that counts. Paul says Christ is is the gift that strengthens him. He says, that's the secret, is my life in Christ. That's why I can look at all these different circumstances as if basically they were the same because of my life in Christ, because I receive such strength from him. Where do you look in times of trouble? Where do you look in times of need? Who strengthens you? If you're at a crossroads, if you're making a pivotal decision, if you're trying to decide where God is leading you, where do you look? Paul says, look to Jesus Christ, because Christ will be there in all seasons and will strengthen you. Paul highlights a couple of things in this letter of particular note that I want us to notice because he gives us two ways of experiencing Christ in this brief passage from Philippians 4. He shares one in this letter, but he writes about this in several places over the course of his career and says that he experiences the strength of Christ in hard times. He says he especially feels the closeness and the strength of Christ in hard times or in difficult times. Look again if you have your Bibles open there to chapter 4, verse 12. He writes, I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty, and of being in need. Paul has known difficulties. He's known hardship and suffering. But he's saying it makes no difference because Christ will take him through all of that. If you look back to the beginning of the letter, in chapter 1, he begins talking about his suffering and his imprisonment. And he sprinkles that all through the first chapter as he 
opens this letter to these Christians at Philippi. He even begins to talk about how they've shared in sufferings together. Right at the end of chapter 1 and verse 29, you can hear it. He says, for God has graciously granted you the privilege, not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. And then he moves on from talking about their common suffering and talks about how do you approach suffering? How do you approach these struggles? And in chapter 2, he begins to say, look to Christ. And he reminds them in verse 8, Christ humbled himself, Paul writes, and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Paul says, have the mind of Christ. You will be able to approach your suffering, your conflict, your struggle, your hardship better if you understand how Christ did that and how he reveals God's power available to you through that. And then in chapter 3, he begins to talk about his sufferings again and how they relate to his life in Christ. In verse 8, he writes, More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Now hear this, he says, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. And then just a couple of verses later in verse 10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If I can remind you that when Paul wrote this, this didn't have chapters and verses. That was added to our Bibles much, much later. Paul's written this as a personal letter. When they received the letter by courier, by someone who brought it, they gathered as the church, if you will, and they read the whole thing all the way through. So what we have is chapter 1 and 2 and 3. They would have read all that, not one verse like we did. They would have read the whole letter. And when you read it that way, you realize by the time you get to verse 13 in chapter 4 that that one verse serves as a summary of the entire letter. The summary is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what Paul wants them to latch on to. No wonder we love it so much. It is a word of assurance that all of us can count on God through Christ. In seasons of goodness or seasons when things are going terrible. Or for Paul when he is free or when he is in prison. Or in life or in death. Paul is saying you can count on Christ no matter the season. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there's a second thing Paul highlights here. It's this experience of Christ's strength. And he says it is aided when it is shared by other believers. 
he has a connection with these Philippians, not only because he's been there and knows them and started the church, but because they have shared in his sufferings. You can hear it throughout the letter if you read the whole thing through, but you can hear it particularly right past the verse that we're highlighting today. In verse 14, he goes on to say, In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. You Philippians indeed know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs more than once. Paul feels this connection with the Philippians, maybe more than any other group that he has started. His faith is aided because it's shared by other believers and he feels their prayers and their support and he knows they're remembering him because they've sent him this courier one of their members with this gift the young girl i told you about in enid even though she was in remission when i first got there and was doing well it was actually only a matter of weeks before she began feeling poorly again she went back to the doctor. The disease was back. They started therapy again, but this time the therapy did not work. It didn't even seem to be slowing it down. It was devastating. By early January, the family called me and said, the doctors have sent us home. They've done everything they can do. Would you come to our house? I really didn't know them that well. I'd only been there since October. But I went to their house. And it was remarkable to me, their faith. But not only their faith, but their house was filled with flowers and cards and letters and stuffed animals and balloons and candy because this congregation that they had been a part of was surrounding them with their love and care and supporting this whole family in their time of need oh she was sad but this disease was devastating and soon would be ending her life but she said i'm not scared of dying she was still trusting in Christ, remembering that verse, believing that Christ would strengthen her and lead her through these dark days ahead with the help of her family and her faith family. A few days later, she passed away. We gather together just like we do here when we lose someone we have known and loved and celebrate our faith and thank God for the gift the person was in our lives and celebrate the faith that they modeled for us in life and in death. Paul gives us a formula for that earlier in chapter 4, just a few verses before where we read. He gives us this formula about how to face conflicts and struggles. It's in verse 4 through 7. Listen to what Paul wrote. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, or the wholeness of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You hear the formula, rejoice, show gentleness, pray rather than worry, approach God with thanksgiving in your prayers. And when you do, Paul says, you will know the wholeness or the fullness or the peace of Christ in your life. You know the name E. Stanley Jones? He was one of the greatest missionaries of all time, people say. He was active in the last century. His career was spent mostly in India. But his career was anything but great when he began. He felt the call of God upon his life. He went to India, but he seemed to worry about everything. He had so much anxiety and so much worry that finally his co-workers sent him home. He came back to the United States. He stayed here for an entire year recovering Finally, he felt like maybe he was strong enough to go back. Oh, yes, he could go back to the mission field. He still felt the call of God. He boarded his ship and headed back to India. But by the time he got there, he was a mess again. He was still worrying and had all kinds of anxiety, so much so that he couldn't even work. He says in the midst of all that travail, one night he was beside himself in his room, and he was praying for God's help. He said he sensed a voice saying to him, are you ready to fulfill the call I've laid upon your life? And he said he responded, no, Lord, I'm not ready. And he said then he sensed the voice saying something else. Saying, if you will trust me and not worry, I will take care of you. Jones says that he said out loud, if that's the bargain, I will take it here. If you're going to take it and I don't have to worry, I will take that right now. And he said he had this sense of a blanket of peace surrounding him and a rush of abundant life lifting him up. He went back to work soon after that, and the reports are that he led a very effective career for the rest of his life. Later in his life, he wrote about that night. I want to read you just a couple of his sentences that he wrote about that night. He says this, The one thing I know, my life was completely transformed and uplifted that night when at the depth of my weakness and depression, a voice said to me, if you will turn that over to me and not worry about it, I will take care of it. If you will turn that over to me and not worry about it, I will take care of it. May each of us experience such grace and strength through Christ our Lord who strengthens us. Amen.